Here we go! Welcome back to the Nintendo Power Zone, guys. If you are just now joining us, this episode is so big, we chopped it in two. So this is part two of our E3 post-show discussion for Nintendo. So where we left off was No More Heroes 3, and we're going to slide into a really good throwback, Contra Road Corps, plus the Contra Collection. So Contra Road Corps is a brand new Contra game, and it looks batshit crazy. Dude, there are cyborgs, aliens, explosives. Like, they took Contra and like dialed it up to like 50. This does not look like your old school Contra games. This looks like Contra on steroids. Uh, one of the was there a panda in that trailer? Yeah, there was a cyborg panda. That, yeah, yeah, that was pretty weird. <laughs> I was like, whoa, 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 wait a minute. And just it, it's so funny how far away from like the uh, the idea, original idea. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That that the franchise has gone in. Like I was like, this makes no sense whatsoever. At least like the first game, you could kind of see how like they were like. They were being like they tried to take it seriously. Yeah, like with the whole Iran Contra thing. But like now it's like, you know, we're just we're just gonna do whatever we want. We're gonna bash it crazy with cyborg pandas. Uh so that was cool. I mean, it looks like a fun game, online multiplayer co-op and local mm-hmm. co-op, all the stuff that a contra game should have. Uh we plus the difficulty looks like it's there. It looks like it's gonna be way too hard to beat, like the old games were. Uh if you guys haven't played a contra game, uh you don't know pain when it comes to video games. You do not know pain. Like they are designed to make you cry. Mm-hmm. That's it. Like if you think Mega Man games are hard, get out of here. What about Kid Icarus? Yeah, it's still hard on Kid Icarus. Okay. I'd say one of the few things that are probably more that could give Contra a run for its money is uh, Ghosts and Goblins. Yeah. Yeah. Oh well, to just beat Ghosts and Goblins or beat it the true way. Both, either. Both. Okay, sure. Is there a way to beat it without like giving yourself like well, shortening years off of your life? No, but it's <laughs> there's the real ending after life by like do, doing it in the hard mode or whatever, right? <laughs> yeah, but um, okay. Um, it looks cool. It looks like I think the word steroids used was a uh, good to sum it up. Uh, right. you know, it's one of those over the top, you know, action, you know, taking to the cheesy next level uh, sort of deal. You know, like Duke Nukem or or um. I don't want to say but this game looks role, like it got Duke like... Nukem pregnant, dude. <laughs> you, you know, okay. this is one of the weird things right, with the art direction of it is mm-hmm. I can totally see the like uh, Fortnite-y cartoon yeah. sort of influence on it that we've also seen in what was the other one that um, Ubisoft just came out with? Uh, you know, I thought when they saw that. For some reason, while watching that during like the Ubisoft conference, I was like, "They don't make Overwatch, right?" Wait, right. The, are you talking about the Tom Clancy mobile game? No, the other one. No, I think I'm talking about Far Far Cry New Dawn. That one. Oh, and Far Cry. Like... Wait a minute. That looks cartoony. No, no. Yeah, it's all no... like pink and shit. But... Yeah, he's right. <laughs> but but okay. even even the new Contra is a little bit. Uh cartoony in itself too and, and you know I, I don't think it takes it too far the way i think mm-hmm. it was the far cry game took it uh because they, they took that and they do they, they completely i think lost the plot there um 
but I don't know. Like, I think this is a good move for Contra generally because Contra needed to rebrand. It really did. Yeah. So I can't really complain from, from well, too much. But I mean, for those people who may be nostalgic for you know the traditional Contra games, Contra Collection got shadow dropped on the Nintendo eShop. Right. And right. it is. It's the 30th, uh, what is it? No, yeah, the, the anniversary collection. All the old games in one nice little uh, package. I think it's retailing for $29.99. I could be wrong. I have to check. But it was either $19.99 or $29.99. But, uh, man, if you if you want to sit there and go bald, that is a great collection to uh, to get your hands on. Fairly, yeah. affor- fairly affordable. And, like, if you're just craving some, like, nostalgia, that, that's probably the game to go ahead and do it. Like just, just watch. Go see how hard video games used to be back in the day. Specifically, the Contra franchise because it was designed as an arcade shooter uh, to eat your quarters. Yes. Like it was the game that was so frustratingly hard that you wouldn't walk away from it. You keep pouring your money into it, knowing that you die in about two minutes. Yeah, that's one hundred percent true. There. Yeah. <laughs> well, the next game up on the list is Damon X Machina. Now. This game looks a lot better than it did during the uh, the demo phase. They seem to have improved the graphics. Now, whether or not they've improved the controls remains to be seen. Now, they did say in Treehouse that they did take into account uh, the results of the survey, and they uh, tried to make some changes to the game mechanics to make the game more accommodating. Uh, but without actually playing it myself, I won't know for sure if they truly took into account the changes that need to be made. But I'm also skeptical of spending money to find that out i wish there was a way to demo the game again uh just to see if the changes that they've made make the game more appealing which is a shame because this is a game by marvelous studios who has a pretty good track record of making really fun and good games uh they also worked on no more heroes so i would like to see this game do well uh but i am a little bit more skeptical now I really enjoyed what I played when it came to the demo, uh, the, the beta test back in the day, and you know having more of the same in that regards. Uh, I, I am I am a hundred and ten percent okay with me. okay with that rather. Um, it, it's really just one of those things where uh, I think it's marketed towards the niche uh, mech community right the people who liked armored core for example and armored core is a has a really steep learning curve to get into if you want to go down the rabbit hole of stats and all this (laughs) other sort of stuff um so so i'm really stoked for it um i i this game cannot come soon enough for me the robot designs are fantastic um and the gameplay was pretty solid in my opinion Blues, any thoughts on uh, on uh, Damon I mean, X Machina? I mean, you you kind of summed it up with you know it looks a lot nicer. Uh, I'm hoping that it, it, the controls. I think I was getting the hang of slowly but surely uh, in the demo, my time demo. But I unfortunately clipped through the wall infinitely and could not beat the last uh, final mission I was given because I was stuck in a wall and I just kind of gave up. Um, so I hope they fix that. I hope I don't get stuck in a wall in the final version. Um, and, and I, I did think aiming was a bit weird, but I also feel like I didn't really try to learn as much as I should have with the game. I didn't really put, you know, it's a demo, you know, and it, it, it could have had a learning curve. 
Um, but for me not trying, I think it felt like it, I needed to know how to aim better. Aim I ran that demo to the ground, like trying to explore it. And I, I mean, I'm notoriously bad at video games, but like the learning curve might, a learning curve that stiff could be really off-putting to newcomer, newcomer gamers or people who just inherently suck at video games. Well, I think it wasn't that hard. It was just that the aiming was hard. And also, I think on the second mission, mission, I somehow beat it, even though both of my allies were dead and I had no ammo. I couldn't figure out how to get an ammo drop. <laughs> so I don't know how I beat it, but I guess I did. Maybe I clocked it out, like timed it. I don't know. But See, I'm, on the, I'm on the fence, but ultimately I'll probably still end up getting this game and you know enjoying it once the full release is out. Um, mm -hmm. Visually, though, I still think the game is absolutely like amazing. Like The art direction in this game, is mind-bogglingly good. For, oh yeah, especially it for the mechs. Good, yeah, like once you see the mechs in this game, they are brilliant. Mm -hmm. I get a little bit of like a like the Gundam unicorn feels uh, when I see mm -hmm. this game. Right. Yeah, and then the mech design is absolutely phenomenal. Um, I mean, if 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 you want to see the resume of the people who are working on the game, just go into one of the earlier trail trailers and look up all the names that they list. They've got a really fantastic CV um, in terms of the stuff that they've worked on. So it really doesn't come as a surprise to me that, um, that the end result of the designs are what they are. Uh, if anything, it's surprising to me that this game isn't as, isn't really blowing up. <laughs> I'd expect more hubbub about it by now. I, and I think that just comes into play with, like, I think the demo for the game kind of just messed with people a little bit. Like, But, again, like, I'm going to hold on to hope that this game has, like, a late, like, push. I think yeah. if, if Nintendo pushes the game properly, man, it, it's no telling what this game could and should be. Uh, yeah, uh, I like how you one of the best parts about mechs is that you can customize them, you know, and I think that's okay. great in all of them. It, it's all I always find it funny that people like the mech designs are good. I'm gonna make the ugliest mech you've ever seen in this game. I'm, <laughs> I'm gonna make this as ugly as I possibly can. It, like the right. most backwards stats. <laughs> well, you're the guy who was adding like 50 pairs of wings to his, yeah, darling, but like, how the you game lets you do it. The game lets you do it. <laughs> you can put three pairs of wings and like two guns on each wing, and it's it's absurd. You can put them all on backwards too, or upside down, <clears throat> or if you put all of them on one side and not the other. So what I want to do is I want to move on because if it weren't for the last reveal of this Nintendo Direct, I would have said that this was the biggest surprise of the Direct. Panzer Dragoon showing up right. on the nintendo switch if it weren't for the last thing that they showed in the direct this part would have been the biggest surprise to everyone we're talking about a uh, a saturn game here like we're talking about like a real deep cut in sega's history and it looked brilliant it, it looked really gorgeous now i feel like the gameplay that they showed was a little bit slower than i remember the game being but I was also like 13 when that game came out. So I could just be misremembering that game. But it does look stunning. Uh, and oh man, I, I can only imagine what that game is like. I hope they add things like gyro controls to that game. 
uh, just to like make the flying just feel a lot more fluid. I was I was mind blown when they showed this up. But the moment I saw it, I looked at my girl and I said, she looked at me, she's like, what game is this? And I was like, I think it's Panzer Dragoon. And she's like, what? I was like, don't talk to me. <laughs> right. But I, the moment I saw it, I immediately knew what I was looking at. But my mind didn't want to let me uh, think that it was right. I was like, this can't be Panzer Dragoon. And then at the end, when they show the logo, I was like, holy shit. No way did Sega put this game on the screen. But I think that's the, exactly the kind of reaction they were going for with the presentation of this trailer. They just they showed you what it was so that fans of it would recognize it. And then they didn't do the title card until like the end. They gave you like no context whatsoever other than the gameplay until the end. Like they didn't do like, you know, uh you know, in a age long ago, like those like things that like sort of give you the idea right, right. as the trailer goes. This is just here's a bit of the gameplay, you know, a small little landing cutscene, and then the logo. And it's like so well, not it was not, meant for the fans. They had the best music in the game to like mm-hmm. really, really get you in the mood to like, like that. This is how the game feels when you play it. Like it mm-hmm. sounds and looks like this, and like they handpicked like the best music in the game, and it just goes to showcase like man, Sega had some real good sound design back in the day. They really did. Right, right, right. They really were on top of their game. But the the interesting thing though, what, what shocked me the most about this particular announcement was i was under the impression that even though it was a sega ip um microsoft held all the control over it because you know panzer panzer dragoon has been an exclusive to microsoft since what the xbox days yeah but they haven't even messed with it that much the last time they released a game was 2002 yeah i mean they were supposed to be releasing one on the expo and but that got into development hell and eventually got shuttered right so i i i don't know it, it game's a shock to me i didn't think that would ever even ever master i don't think it would ever have made its way towards a non-microsoft system at this point yeah so the last I, game in the franchise was panzer dragoon orta for the xbox original xbox yeah yeah and uh wow we are looking at a 17 year gap between these two games i, I you know what? for some reason i don't know why they had moved exclusively to the, uh, the 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 Xbox, but I guess it did. And I, but we're talking about like a Saturn era game now. Did they specifically say if this was a remake? Uh, I don't know. I'm not 100 sure. Or did the world just assume it was a remake? I feel like everyone just assumed because it didn't yeah. do like a working title or or even like a subtitle, and it it didn't really appear to be anything but a remake from what we saw. Well, Wikipedia has it listed as a remake of the Saturn game, which probably is the best one for them to to remake. Unless they're going completely new. Uh, I I think it's an assumption that it's a remake because graphically it it doesn't look like a Saturn game. (laughs) No. No, but it does look damn good. Right. Like what they showed, like the visuals were great. The audio was great. I mean, this is a this is a cult classic, to say the least. These games really do hit home uh, for a lot of people when it comes to, like, just in terms of nostalgia. Like, the people who are going to remember this are going to flock to this game. And I really hope that uh, Sega does a really good job of promoting this game. Uh, they, they're right. notoriously bad at that. But uh, 
man, either Sega or Nintendo, whoever wants to really push this game, I really hope they do it in the right way possible because it to me it looks phenomenal. Well, yeah. could this also maybe be a, a result of you know Microsoft and Nintendo's relationship uh, just going through Sega as the middleman now? Though, is that maybe a possibility here? Do you think or not? No, because I mean the publisher is still listed as Sega, so I don't necessarily think uh, that they need the X the the the, pl- the Microsoft approval. I mean, think I think the Sega just chose to make this exclusive. Maybe okay. through some like contract agreement, and uh, because Xbox hasn't wanted a game, or because there hasn't been a uh, a desire to, for a new sequel, mm-hmm. that they just opted to not do this game. Okay. Yeah, it'd be interesting to actually get some of the details on all of that, but I don't think that'll ever come to light. Um, but yeah. I'm actually going through like the list of games. They actually made a game for the R Zone, which was like a a VR headset oh, that that was a uh, supposed to compete with the Virtual Boy. Like the the Virtual Boy yeah. absolutely needed no competition. So mm-hmm. the fact that they made a a a competing virtual reality headset that was even more terrible than the Virtual Boy makes me laugh. Anyhow, next up. Pokemon Sword and Shield, there are a few little things that got announced. Uh, but I think we have to just, we're gonna, I'm just going to throw this out there now. Nessa is new bay. Oh, right? man. I got to say, like, it's funny because last week we had the Direct, the straight Nintendo Direct. And then this week they showed, yesterday, they showed more of Sword and Shield. And the amount of R34 crap in the past like 24 hours of nessa is astounding it's it's really weird to see what the internet will do when it comes to the pokemon pokemon franchise as a whole like first first it was what's her name sarah yeah yeah sonya 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 yeah sonya sorry i did blank and i'm like okay that makes sense then the next 24 hours was wooly and i'm like wooloo wooloo and i'm like what Beep, beep, I'm a sheep, I guess. Uh, I guess kind of makes sense. And then Nessa, and I'm like, oh, wow. Damn, you guys have been busy. (laughs) But yeah, Nessa is new bae for the Pokemon franchise. The moment I saw her, I was like, that's going to be trending. Like, Nessa is bae is going to be trending. Lo and behold, check Twitter, certainly is. Oh, yeah, that's great. But no, she actually has really good character design. I'm actually really liking to see the more multi- ethnic characters up here in the Pokemon franchise, specifically as gym leaders. She actually has a real cool design, like the whole, like, uh, the tank tops, like swim shorts, and that Pokeball she's holding just looks great, and I love her hair. Her hair is awesome. Uh, but yeah, we also, uh, we have to give, we have to give Blues some props. Uh, in our prediction episode, Blues predicted that there would be an electric-type Corgi, and, uh, during... Oh, God. So so many people, some people got their hands on the demo version available at E3, and they were taking off-screen shots. And lo and behold, there is an electric corgi named Yamper. Yeah, I, I, I'm curious to see how 
you you predicted that so closely, and if so, uh, what's what are the winning lottery numbers? Yeah, just... I know, right? I'm asking for a friend here, not 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 for me. Florida Lotto's up to like 70 million. I could really use that though. <laughs> I mean, it, it's just sort of a how well do I know Pokemon, and how will they cater to their fans in a in this kind of region? But you you, you now realize that this this officially makes this Pokemon unviable. No matter how oh, cute it is, yeah. it's mm-hmm. completely unviable because it's your it is your new Pikachu type. Oh Pokemon. yeah, 100. I I. Don't care. I'm just right about a prediction here, but yeah, I knew. I but see, I knew that Pokemon would make you unviable if they made a quirky Pokemon. That's sort of my train. I thought like if they made a quirky Pokemon, it would be the Pikachu clone, right? So, and yeah, yeah they're doing be, this. It'll be funny if it has three evolutions, a Mega Form, and like ridiculous stat pool. I, I would just be like, whoa! Someone at Game Freak loves Corgis. <laughs> So, aside from the new gym leader and the new Pokemon, we also got confirmation that if you bought Pokemon Let's Go as a bundle or if you bought the Pokeball Go Plus as an accessory, it will have some functionality in Pokemon Sword and Shield in the sense that you can put a Pokemon from that game into the Pokeball Go Plus. Therefore, you hopefully you get to keep the same kind of like stat boost that you get for uh, Pokemon Sun, and, I'm sorry, Let's Go Pikachu and Let's Go Eevee, where like putting it in the Pokeball will allow you to level up. Hopefully, it still functions with Pokemon Go the same way, etc., uh, etc. Et uh, but yeah, it does not work as a full-on controller in this game, which I don't mind that because this is not an ideal controller if you have hands bigger than a five-year-old. If you have baby hands, this is a perfect controller. Uh, aside, so I'm, I'm glad to see that they're not abandoning the functionality uh, because they totally did that with the Pokemon Walker. And that, so yeah. that bothered me for so many years. I was like, what's the point in giving us these accessories if they're only going to be utilized for one specific game? Well, I mean, that is the curse of Pokemon as a, as a franchise as a whole, right? Each installment, they add something cool, whether it be an accessory or a functionality in the game. And so much of that hits the cutting room floor in the next installment. And so um, it is nice to see an iteration of something new uh, make it to the next step. Although I am disappointed in the limited functionality. I, I was still hoping that it would have taken what we got in Let's Go and maybe have given us more. I mean, I, I did like how, throwing but... it in the game. Like, they're doing the throwing motions to catch Pokemon, but I didn't necessarily need that either. Uh, it would have been yeah. nice if it was there. Uh, aside from that, we got some information about Pokemon Home that pissed off the internet. Pokemon Home will... Uh, Pokemon Sword and Shield's functionality with Pokemon Home is going to be limited... Uh, you will not be able... There is no national decks in Pokemon Sword and Shield. Therefore, you cannot transfer all Pokemon. Only Pokemon that appear in the Galar decks. Made a lot of people angry. Uh, made a lot of people angry. And it makes Pokemon Home uh, less desirable now. Yeah. That was one thing that I, I wasn't quite sure. Like, I get it from a standpoint of design and development yeah yeah i I get it but on the same hand i'm like this is bad i don't know why so my hope is 
that we will see another Pokemon Stadium or Coliseum or something on, along those lines that will utilize the ability to have literally all 800, I think, right now, 800 Pokemon. Well, I, I now feel like the inherent value of Pokemon Home has been greatly diminished, and I hope the way that they balance that is by making it a functionality of the Nintendo Switch online service app. Make it uh, part of that right. app instead of its own individual app because you've removed a lot of the value. You've taken people's ability to transfer their Pokemon to the newest game, uh, so you have to compensate. You have to compensate for that by making it the service either free or implementing it with Nintendo Switch Online. If That'd be good you, if they did it online. I mean, yeah, I mean, the, the longer that app is out and the more games that integrate with it, the more value that specific app has. Um, that being said, we do know that the Pokemon company is a separate entity from Nintendo, and they can do things the way that they see fit. Um, but the best bet now, because you've, you've removed value from this specific function, you might want to do something like include it as part of the Nintendo Switch Online service. Uh, anybody have any additional thoughts on that? Um, I think it's very unfortunate. Uh, I, I'm kind of upset too. I, I will still get the games and I'll make do. Um, I'm going to make a prediction to, to get another thing and guaranteeing this is right as well. Uh, one of the Pokemon that is cut will be Chimeco and Chingling. I'm calling it. Because uh, they're a very forgettable Pokemon. And so because they're Pika is going to cut them as from the Galar decks. So we're not getting those. So if you're a Chimeco Chingling fan, I'm sorry. You're not getting in Sword and Shield. Um, I actually think Meltan and, and uh, Melmetal are going to get cut to the wayside too because mm -hmm. they are exclusive to Pokemon Go. And that's why right. I'm waiting to transfer mine because now I got to see what the Dex is. And so I was smart not to transfer mine. I, I already did the um, transfer, but I'm already working on my third male metal, so I'm all right. Mm -hmm. And you want to um, hook me up? <laughs> hook me up um, if they do another shiny event, I can try, but because I'm only caring about the shiny male metals. Uh, but anyways, uh, uh, so I I think it's very unfortunate. Um, I think if we do get them added, uh, how it will kind of go is I think in Sword Two and Shield Two. Because we're getting non-tertiary versions again. Uh, anyone who thinks we're getting spear version or gun version, you're wrong. We're getting sword two, shield two, ultra sword, ultra shield. That's how it is. Uh, calling that as well. Uh, <laughs> and I would also like to amend my my news prediction. Uh, I don't think we're getting an August thirty first. I think uh, it, it, the ref jersey is actually in reference to Edelgoss. Uh, who is number 831, and I'm going to predict that Aloss is now 831. <laughs> and those are my predictions that I can guarantee are right this time. Uh, I am amending that previous Pokemon Conference 831 <laughs> prediction. Um, but it is unfortunate. Uh, I won't... It matters to me, but I'm, I'm not going to matter enough to not get the games and, and not deal with it. I've kind of seen this for a long time coming, too. Um, it's just unfortunate. I didn't think it'd be this soon. No, I know they really said they said the reason for that is is that there are so many Pokemon and and implementing mm -hmm. balance in the game at this point will become difficult. But we don't actually have a specific number of new Pokemon that are going to be introduced. Mm -hmm. Normally, like we're adding fifty new or seventy five new or hundred. Yeah. They give us that number 
pretty well Anywhere from 50 to 100, unless it's Gen 5. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, they usually give us that information well in advance. They haven't told us a number yet as to how many yeah. new Pokemon we can expect in this particular game. That's I'm hoping point. that the number is larger this time around. Get us closer to that. Well, we're at 800-something, right? Yeah. So, so I'm assuming that they're going to get us you know, as close to a thousand as possible. So that probably what 75 max. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was thinking that this, we would start cutting Pokemon at around a thousand, not the hundred mark. I mean, yeah. that's, that's a lot. So, I mean, ho- I mean, yeah, it's, it's tons. Yeah. Like once you like, we start entering territory where it's like, what's, what are we going to do? Like, mm-hmm. how are we really going to implement all these Pokemon in a singular game? Like mm-hmm. just the file size on the characters and the character models alone would start to become astronomical. I mean, it is—it oh, already it, is. It's it's kind of lame that they're doing this on a console game. On mm-hmm. um, what could be the biggest Pokemon ever? Really. Yeah, it has the potential to be. Yeah, uh, I mean, it is what it is. I, I don't want to harp on it too much. Uh, we live in an era where things can be patched easily. Yeah. So. You know, yeah, I think it's possible if they choose to keep working on it past its release uh, that we see it. But I think if they're going to, quote, work on it past its release, it's going to be to make Ultimate Sword and Ultimate Shield True. is what it will be. So yeah, Probably. All right. So moving on. The game that the more I see, the more I love. Astro Chain. Yeah. Game, how did this game look so much better than the first time they showed it? Like, I was already sold, yeah. And it looks way better. It, not, it doesn't even look a little bit better from the first time we saw it. It looks way it looks, better. It looks ten times cooler, is what I feel like. It doesn't look better. It still looks like the same game, the same quality, but it looks ten times cooler. To like, me. You see, like, all that cool story on this stuff and, like, oh, yeah. how fast and fluid the combat is, is in this game. And, man, this looks like Bayonetta on crack. But it also kind of has like a Pokemon collecting vibe because we, I guess we, to me, I found out that you can capture the enemies. Yeah, yeah that's, I, that's I don't the think they made that clear in the first couple. They trailers. didn't. So you, you'll be catching the enemies and making them your partners. Well, and that's kind of why, like, they did that transition the way that they did. They went from Pokemon Sword and Shield. He's like, I want to switch gears a little bit by having Shinya Takahashi slide right. them into Astral Chains because there mm-hmm. is that collected element, that there, there is that shared element of collecting. Mm-hmm. Well, and, and so here's one of the things that's a little bit unclear, at least from the trailer, is if it is a full collecting thing or if it's something akin to you make a contract with a specific, what does it call it, uh, chimera, and that chimera becomes your like avatar or whatever. Yeah. Um, because that's the way that I could see them taking it, and you so get like, in access- order to make that contract, you would swap. Which yeah. one? Right, right. Think it's only one at a time, I think, yeah. Mm-hmm. Right, and, and then that would be one of those instances where it's less collecting and more, like, You just get a weapon. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like in um, Breath of the Wild, oh, my weapon broke, time to just pick up my next enemy's weapon. But instead oh. of that, you're getting the enemy themselves. <laughs> right, that, that could be one way of, of doing it. So we'll, we'll see. But uh, I think more important than that entire element is the... Um, the world building piece of that because that's super interesting. They're really oh, starting to see some interesting it's a cool details. World. Yeah, and yeah. the backstory, all the extra dimension, extra dimension stuff looks super cool too. Man, I'm like, I literally like when you watch that. When I saw that trailer, just how fast 
everything looks in that trailer like the quick mm-hmm. cuts like the the voice acting is actually pretty well done On par, yeah. yeah and uh like just visually the game was already up there like visually the game was already on point with like the things you see in like near automata uh but like way more like with like way more like stuff going on in the background yeah. in near automa there was more happening it looked more stylized to me yeah, yeah. Right, 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 right. Yeah, they did spend a lot of time with the female character, so I'm like wondering what the balance of play is between the female and the male protagonist, or if that's just a choice you make in the beginning of the game. I think they mentioned in the treehouse it's a choice you make. Okay, I was wondering because I didn't see that section of treehouse. I right. missed that most of that section. I think at the very beginning they mentioned it. Yeah, I haven't had a chance to follow at treehouse myself, so. Uh, but it wouldn't be an uncommon uh, or unprecedented design decision in terms of, um, like, Japanese game design. I'm playing something – shoot, what is it? Oh, I'm playing the Super Robot Tyson uh, title for the Switch that I imported, and they followed the same um, technique in terms of choosing your character. You, you choose one or the other. And then the other one will show up as an NPC support character yeah. with their own dialogue and, and whatnot. And it's it makes sense uh, in before the gender binary. Uh, it makes sense to, to develop that way. I think it's a good way to develop games, personally. Mm-hmm. True. All right. Uh, so next up, we have The Empire of Sin. Uh, which is said to be an XCOM-style game uh, set in the 1920s, so it's basically a prohibition uh, gangster game uh, that plays similarly to XCOM. Yeah. All that shit sounds amazing to me. First off, I love things that are set in that era, movies that are set in that era, just that prohibition era shit. Like, all that stuff gets gets me hyped because I like I love like the stories that come out of that era, like with the alcohol running and shit like that. Uh, those those like the, I'm a big fan of like mafioso and gangster movies and, and whatnot. So to see something that like uh, what look, dude, Al Capone is supposed to be like an archetype character in this game. So like you start to see stuff like that, that stuff gets me amped. XCOM, those are fun games. Tell right. me like like. If you're not a fan of XCOM, something wrong with you. Wait, didn't Mario and Rabbids just recently, like, utilize <laughs> a very similar gameplay style to XCOM? Mm-hmm. Yeah, like you're looking at a more traditional like style of that of uh, Mario Rabbids, but all this looks fun to me, and the setting, just the atmosphere of the game, it drew me in. Yeah, I have to say that was one of the things that impressed me the most was the overall atmosphere and, and setting. Um, I'd like to see more of gameplay. But I am intrigued. No, the trailer wasn't that great, but because it's one of those things that like scratches like itches that I have, like it drew me in. But I, I, I will say that the if you just go on based off the trailer, which didn't really show a whole lot of gameplay elements to it, uh, it, it's a hard sell. It is yeah. Hard. yeah. Just based off the trailer, I didn't look into it. I didn't know it was like an XCOM game. Uh, I was very confused and underwhelmed by the trailer alone. So uh, now that I know a bit more about it, that sounds kind of cool. Um, for those of you who like XCOM games, uh, I can recommend it. I don't think it's on Switch. If it is, I'd probably have it on Switch. If it's on PC, uh, Atlas Reactor is a really good XCOM oh, yeah. game. Uh, if you yeah. don't already have Mario Rabbids, which is also yeah. a great XCOM game. Well, uh, but Atlas another, Reactor, another okay, yeah. one on Switch right now is something called Hard West, 
which I picked oh, it up yeah, on, on sale. Mm-hmm. It's a Wild West, um, yeah, it's a Wild West XCOM game with some like Lovecraftian undertones. So huh. that's an interesting okay. one too. I, I think it's worth cool. it. Yeah. But okay. um, but you know, I'm intrigued with this title, uh, simply because I don't think we have enough film noir stuff. Yeah, like especially on the Switch, all we have is pretty much LA noir. Yeah. Yeah. So. So but it's, from an industry-wide thing, we really don't have a whole lot. True. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, it's it's an untapped era. Like it, it's you're more likely to see novels and films written about this era, mm-hmm. uh, and TV shows uh, like The Untouchables. Right, right. You know about that. But even, even, even still, I think that is a a dwindling uh, market over the past decade, even even in film and cinema. True. So, well, I think the last movie I saw that was based in that era was that one featuring Johnny Depp, where uh, the true story one. Oh <laughs> yeah, of of the bank robber, right? Yeah. Yeah, that was a it's good like movie. literally the last movie I saw that was representative of that era. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, well, you know, the, the Great Gatsby, 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 Gatsby but that came was out a, after that. You're right. It was a terrible rendition. I'm sorry. It was a. It, it was it's a hard book to read, though, man. This it's a hard book to read, let alone it being like. I mean, a film adaptation was never going to do it justice. Well, you know, when you start throwing in uh, 2010 mumble rap, <laughs> you're not going to be doing the genre any 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 favors. Why why would you play? Why would you set the backdrop of or the background music of, of the score of it to to rap music? The, the, it's set in the fucking 1920s. Yeah, you should have had like that would have been morons. Yeah, that's like the big bop music era. So, mm-hmm. yeah, really pissed me off. These and the kids that defend it these days, I'm like, you, you just don't know your history. You, you don't know good things. Sorry. <laughs> All right, so let's move on to some stuff that happier territory. Marvel Ultimate Alliance three. The more I see this game, the way more excited I am about it. Like, first off. When they announced that this franchise was coming back, that blew my mind. But the gameplay that they showed off uh, during the Treehouse and the trailer that they showed yesterday, all that stuff looked excellent. And if I'm being honest, the character designs in this game look better than the Avengers game that uh, Crystal Dynamics is doing. uh, Yeah. I don't know if it's going to be a better game. Most likely not. But visually, I find Ultimate Alliance to be more appealing than uh, the Avengers game that's coming out uh, for the PS4. Uh, it's a matter of, you know, a more comic book cel-shaded style, which is right. more true to the comics, maybe the TV shows, versus the big-budget Hollywood Avengers films. Yeah, but even, even like the... Even if I was comparing... If I took away the comic book element and I was only comparing... Uh, art style, yeah. art style, yeah. If I was comparing it to the films, the characters look way off model, mm-hmm. even by those standards. Like the game is kind of ugly. I'm I mean, yeah, the, the, the other heat. one. Uh, yeah, the Avengers game for the Xbox. Right. right, right I'm, gonna, yeah. I'm gonna catch a lot of heat, but the game is ugly. It's 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 uh, actually yeah. ugly. Captain America looks like he's been stretched out. And not in a way where he looks big and buff. He just looks like he was made of silly putty that you stretched out just a little too far. Yeah, he's well, lanky. I mean, <laughs> it it couldn't be worse than the captain than the infamous Captain America uh, picture uh, from the nineties. You know what I'm talking about? Oh, where his chest the- is like way big. The uh, yeah. <laughs> oh, the Rob <laughs> Liefeld, the Rob Liefeld, where he has titties. Yeah, 
Yeah, could yeah. couldn't be worse than that one. It's but, not worse than that, but man, it's 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 definitely number two right now. Yeah, no, Ooh, I, I agree with you though. Like, I don't like the way the Avengers looks. It's not bad. It's just little things don't look right and give it a very uncanny valley. Like you know what though? The Hulk looks good in that game. Oh yeah, Hulk is the best. The only character that yeah. looks good, and mm-hmm. I'm like, it looks like they tried to Hulkify everyone. In that game, kind of, yeah. Black Widow, who's supposed to be sexy, it was like, man, Black Widow looked like a freaking whore. So, you know, like, this so, is actually one of those things that uh, we're going back to that I mentioned earlier was was the new engines, right? I don't understand how it is with new engines with new textures or whatever. You get uh, models that look shittier than stuff that they had a decade ago. Actually, this game makes Marvel vs. Capcom Infinite look good. I was about to pull that card, yeah. Um, it, makes, it makes the character models in that game look far better than... That's messed up. I'm, I'm, Half of that roster didn't have a neck. A lot of, you know, a lot of people... <laughs> I feel bad because... You know, people, doesn't have a neck. people worked really hard on this Avengers game, and like... You look at the voice cast, and the voice cast is phenomenal. Mm. Like, you have Nolan North, as Tony Stark, you have Travis Baker as the Incredible Hulk. Like the, you, you hear those castings like "fuck yeah," but then you see what the characters look like, and it's like "fuck you guys fucked up." So, so if I can just be cut us out. So, so we're not here to shit on this other game. We're here to talk about Ultimate Alliance. Uh, the, the Xbox Square Enix Avengers is still early. It could change those designs, hopefully. Um, we're here. We're gonna talk about Ultimate Alliance. Uh, I just. We're off topic here, and we're gonna spiral way too hard. On yeah, this yeah, one. we're going, we're going, we're going. Way yeah, so we got here because we were talking about the designs, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Towards um, that end, I do have to say that Ultimate Alliance three. I I don't know. Maybe I'm just classic '90s comic book era guy, but like, I'm really hoping that we see some of the more classic forms of. Oh, that uh, costumes! I hope we get like costume packs. Even, right, like free costume, like you know, you you cl- missions you do in game, like side missions, just like, you unlock a costume, you right? Know, that changes things up a little bit for the yeah. aesthetics, would be nice. No, yeah, what, like, what? Oh, I was gonna say, like, one of, one of the things I'd like to see is not just the classic yellow and blue Wolverine, but the brown and yellow, yeah, from mm-hmm. what the 60s, 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 something like that, yeah, 70s, 70s, sorry, brown and yellow, 70s, yeah, no, yeah. I, I, I want to see that kind of stuff implemented in the game too, uh, but I kind as cool as I think the gameplay looks, we're still talking about a Team Ninja design game. Team Ninja is notoriously hit or miss. They when yeah. they have hits, they are big hits, but when they miss, they miss the mark very terribly. Talking about you, Metroid uh, Other M. Other M, yeah, but like. <sighs> I'm still gonna defend Other M. It's if you take away the bad story, which was only there because it needed to be filled in the in the timeline, and you get rid of the first person mechanic, that sideways like held remote like that's not bad. It needs a bit of refinement, but that's not bad. I liked that. That's not a game that I want to see updated in the near future. I would like them to tackle that style again for Metroid. I want it. I want them to do that and do it right. That style, because I had a lot of fun with that. Well, Metroid Other Other M. That'll be the second, the second sequel to Other M. Don't say that. That's gonna break my heart. But do it, Team Ninja. Sequel to Other M. But there's a lot of good stuff in Other M. That's all I'm gonna say. 
I mean, yeah, look, look, Team Ninja, they they have a track record of making good and bad games. Uh, I am a little wary of this game. As much as I want to love this game, I'm going to go in there wary. It is a day one purchase for me, but I'm going in there uh, with my fingers crossed that this is definitely on their better scale. It's, I think, sorry, we're going to talk. Uh, I was going to say, even if it's not super great, if it's couch co-op, mm-hmm. that's going to add a whole lot of points in my Couch mind. and online co-op. So. Right, yeah. right, right, right. Like anyway. The game is saying the right things. Mm-hmm. Uh, so so what I was going to say is uh, uh, I think the big thing where Team Ninja, I think, should get this right, but a lot of studios – everywhere have this issue is you know this kind of style of game with you know many very different uh characters with different powers and and sets uh how do you make all of these diverse fun and not feel like i'm just pressing the same button over and over and over again oh, it's having yeah making the combat which is going to be the majority of this game interesting and fun and especially if you look at you know how a general level of this game will play out it's you you walk through this area uh, till the end, and then there's going to be, you know, on the way, it's going to be waves of enemies dropping in, spawning, uh, and they're not going to be terribly hard to defeat. Maybe some harder bosses here so and there. You're describing it's the Dynasty Warrior effect. Yeah, kind Where, of. Like, Dynasty yeah. Warrior games, like, in the beginning, you play them, and they, they feel amazing, but as time progresses, the more you get into the game, the more, like, mm-hmm. deadpan the gameplay feels yeah. because you are, at that point, button mashing. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and so how it's going to handle that, uh, and, you know, I find it a kid more akin to Travis Touchdown, uh, strike, Travis Strikes Again, No More Heroes, uh, where, you know, you, you go through the level very linearly, and then enemies just spawn in, and you have to kill the enemies, which, you know, it was fine, but, you know, you're only really given, you know, very basic combos in that game, which sure. I think was the big downfall. Well, comics weren't fun in that game. They did a they did a half hour segment on Treehouse mm-hmm. Live yesterday that showed like varied uh, power sets for each character. Mm-hmm. Uh, we also got to see a little bit of like like gameplay elements with the uh, upcoming DLC expansion mm-hmm. that's going to include uh, the majority of uh, Marvel Knights, Fantastic Four, and uh, more X Men. Yeah, oh, good. Uh, there was good. some uh, juggernaut story elements to that that looked really good. Uh, yeah, like there was a chase scene. Yes, yeah, like a Sonic Adventure nice. style chase. Mm-hmm. And I thought that was really good for mixing up the gameplay in a way that would help fix this Dynasty Warrior syndrome I was talking about. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I mean, I'm 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 holding on to hope that this this game is what I want and kind of need it to be. Uh, Ultimate Alliance Two. I had fun with it, but it's not the best game. Uh, the first game is still better. But, you know, maybe a new development team is what the game needed in order to to get on track in the right way. So, you know, Team Ninja, I'm holding my breath, but I'm also looking forward to this. Mm-hmm. All right. So next up, we got a release date and new trailer for Cadence of Hyrule. I am super excited about this game, and it comes out tomorrow. Mm-hmm. That uh, gets me hype. For uh, those of you who want to play the original Crypt of the Necrodancer uh, before you get this game, it is 80% off right now in the eShop as well. So just mentioning that, it's like two bucks right now. It's worth the pick if you want to check out the original before the original. 
We also got the price point for this game and twenty four bucks, right? Twenty four ninety nine, I believe. Yeah. It was, which well, I thought was, I thought that was a little high, um, for an indie game, uh, that looks the way it does. Now, the original Necrodancer is the same price though, about so. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I thought I thought maybe they might have outpriced this game because I think Crypto the Necrodancer was more niche, um. Mm-hmm. But the fact that you're implementing Zelda characters into this will instantly draw far more eyes to it. So I think the price point at, uh, became a little. I'm still gonna get it. Twenty four ninety nine. It's it's not too too cool. expensive, but like I can see how a lot of people would be off put by that price model. And uh, mm-hmm. I also had a conversation the other day with uh, my brother, and he was completely unaware of how the game functions. And I explained it's a rhythm-based game where like movements, attacks, guarding are all designed to be based on you know the, the beat of the game. You, like you have to you have you, to time your things to basically the drum lines. Um, you physically cannot move or do any action if you're not on beat. But what he described to me was he's like, I understand what you're saying, but I can't visualize it because they haven't showed hands performing the, the mm-hmm. commands. And right. that I never thought about that. Like to me, I instantly gravitated that, but I am very musically inclined in the sense that, you know, I I trained myself to do music and stuff like that, like create music. And so for me, all that just seems like very natural, but I could see to somebody who is not like musically talented or gifted that not being able to see how somebody's hands perform the functions would make the game a, a harder sell. And I was like, I didn't think about that. Uh, mm. But that's, I mean, that's just a niche complaint, I think. And I hope it's not one that that is echoed by a larger, you know, audience. Because if it is, that could make this game really off-putting. And I think mm-hmm. this game, from what we've seen of this game, with the two trailers that we've had for this game have shown, this game looks freaking amazing. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's also kind of, I wonder if we'll maybe see DLC for this game as well. Uh, it's... So- so the original Crypt of the Necrodancer had lots of DLC, and it does kind of get up there in price looking at it over time. Uh, and so will we see DLC for this game? And so what if what would that mean? Because uh, looking at Cadence of Hyrule, I don't think it's the, what is it, uh, uh, roguelike procedurally generated random maps. I think it's a map of Hyrule that will stay the same no matter, what, no matter where you are. Uh, and so I think... I don't know if they would really just add on to Hyrule, make a new campaign or what, but uh, it's kind of concerning to be in that that aspect. Um, if I'll have to pay for DLC for this in the future, uh, as well as, you know, with Crypt Necrodancer already, um, stuff like, uh, I don't know. But one thing that is kind of cool is, once again, we're seeing more Zelda. We're seeing a lot of Zelda support, getting an indie studio to be able to work with it. Uh, we kind of mentioned it a couple times already here. Uh, but but Breath of the Wild 2 is confirmed. Uh, so we're getting a lot of Zelda. So we, what, it's Breath of the Wild, Link's Awakening Remaster, uh, and then Cadence of Hyrule, Breath of the Wild right. 2, uh, potentially more remakes, you know, maybe another Wind Waker port or or uh, some kind of other top-down Zelda. Like, I would be down to see a Link to the Past in a Link's Awakening or, or Link Between Worlds style. You know, stuff like that. Yeah. So, the one thing that... 
the one thing that I'm wondering is how much of a full-fledged like experience is this? I don't like. I don't think they've given us like a specific like time frame. It's like how and what time frame can this game be completed? What is the what is the minimum time frame that you can beat this game? Right, right, like, right. Uh, I see what like, you're saying. You know, like when you look at a Zelda game, uh, Breath of the Wild, they said could take you as little as five minutes, or it could take you as long as six hours. I would like to hear like an estimate as to like, hey, we beat you, you know you can be this. It's this kind of experience. It's like a 15 hour experience, 20 hour experience, 30 hour experience. Give me, I would like some kind of like thing. Uh, I don't know how long Crypto the Necro Dancer is as far as like a gameplay experience, but. Infinite, like, it's real like, but to unlock everything, sixty hours minimum probably. It's a long roguelike. Uh but it's it's I don't know. I think this is like the one Zelda where I think I might just wait for the reviews before I, I make my decision, honestly. Well, it comes out tomorrow, so I'm pretty much yeah. just gonna just I'm just gonna get it. Well, it probably drops tonight at midnight, right? Yeah. So I'll probably just get that. Uh when it when uh, as soon as it pops up in the eShop, uh, it looks like a game that I've been wanting to play. I wonder if I'm gonna need any knowledge of Crypt of the Necro Dancer, uh, in order to like grasp uh, Cadence's part of the story. Hopefully, you don't. Uh, it just seems like making it a direct sequel to Crypt of the Necro Dancer could be somewhat of a hindrance, seeing as that mm -hmm. it is a niche uh, title. All right, but I uh, think it's, we'll see how things interact what do they need to know about like with enemies you know so they follow certain patterns uh you right, know, right, keep right returns from from cadence and how he works how bombs work uh right. the cadence uses a shovel to dig things stuff like that many but you should be taught that i'm i'd assume so sure that uh a game that i didn't put on the list but a game that i want to just give a quick mention to as a uh, new super lucky's tales is getting a switch port uh, this is a sequel to a game that was a uh, initially released for the Oculus Rift. Uh, it's a 3D platformer uh, in the vein of uh, Super Mario 64, Banjo-Kazooie. Uh, yeah. Brings back like the idea of a mascot character. I just don't want to like neglect that game because I feel like it's because it's a it's a sequel to a game that came out on a VR platform coming to the Nintendo Switch that it's an easy game to overlook. So I just want to throw out that that game is coming to the Nintendo Switch, and it actually looks really pretty. Uh, well, I guess while we're giving honorable mentions, uh, I'd like to give an honorable mention to Nino Kuni, uh, which is a phenomenal yeah. RPG. If you're a Studio Ghibli fan, you'll absolutely love it. Uh, I, I have played the sequel uh, on ps4 but they don't have the seek the original on ps4 and so on the switch that looks like a perfect place for me to pick it up honestly so i'm definitely going to do that all right but with that said let's get back on track because we got three more games to talk about and i really want to get into this next one because this is the first time i'm actually interested in a game in this franchise uh right. mario and sonic at the olympics tokyo 2020 this game actually looks really good like for uh, mario and sonic at the olympic games this looks really good. Like it doesn't look cheesy like they have in the past. And it's not like giving me like those like ugh vibes that I used to get from those games. It looks like they yeah. took a lot of care on the, especially visually, visually this game is up there uh, mm -hmm. with uh, Mario tennis aces, man. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you know, I just want to say I had the same experience as you in terms of, uh, 
the, the, the Olympic Games is historically I've always cringed at them and brushed them off as just kind of crap cash-ins, right? Well, you got to remember that the first time Mario and Sonic appeared in a game together wasn't Smash. It was this garbage. Yeah, right, right, right. And so I've always just kind of brushed it off. And uh, when I was watching a little bit about it yesterday, it was the weirdest thing to have the realization, oh, I'm interested in this. Why am I interested in this? Am I just getting old and out of touch? Is that what it is? So <laughs> I thought it was just me. Um, but it's nice to see that someone else is, also has a similar Well, the thing. other people I've talked to have literally said the same thing to me. It's like, hey, low-key, I want to play this game. And I'm like, yeah, I agree. Low-key, I also want to play this game because it actually looks like it's a lot of fun. The whole, like the surfing thing, the surfing uh, game looked a lot of fun fencing looked like way over the top rock climbing actually looked like it was like, I, was right. like wow, I, I want to do the rock climbing that looks lit i so i'm i think i'm in the odd man out kind of here so i i got the original two uh the beijing uh 2012 maybe 2011 i don't remember the beijing and then the uh was it sochi no not sochi but the first summer and first winter olympic games i got those i was a very little kid uh, at the time so i was probably the more of the target audience than you guys were at the time uh, so it, i loved them uh, but then after that i'm like eh, i don't need these i i like i'd grown up a bit and i'm like nah i don't like these games as much they're they're too weird at this point uh but then uh i guess sometime last year and i thought about it again sometime uh, uh this spring slash summer actually i'm like hey i would be down to get the next mario sonic at the olympics game whenever that comes out and now I, I, i've seen it and it looks great so i'm very happy because it was it was kind of like i wanted to go back to that i know that they had sort of better make making improvements to the series because they've made a bunch of these at this point since my absence from the series and i have heard that they get better and better if they don't ever look that great um but this one does look great so that's promising uh so i'm like okay you know i housed a lot of like game parties as, as a multiplayer game this is gonna be good fun you know i'd be down to just get this game and then it, it looked great and i was very pleasantly surprised but i was planning to get this even looked bad so you know yeah. i'm actually uh really impressed with the uh fact that they want to go online with some of these games because i feel like some of them <laughs> Some of these mini games are don't translate. Yeah, like how are you gonna how are you really <laughs> gonna do some of this stuff online? Mm-hmm. All right, 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 right. Uh, but you know what? I think the game looks fun. I'm probably gonna get into it. I mean, it's crazy that they've been consistently making these games right for as long as they have since like 2007. Uh, was yeah, it 2007? Oh, it was, yeah, it was. It was that was Beijing. Yeah, that was in 2012. Yeah, so they've been working on this franchise yeah. for a while now. So we're. <laughs> I believe this is the franchise that uh, sticks for Sega, uh, but I guess it is one of the few ways that Sonic maintains his relevance. In a, mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, like, sure I hate not to... the movie. Ah, oh, God, no, that's not. Okay, <laughs> I mean Sonic is always relevant. He's just not always relevant for positive reasons. Yeah. yeah. Well, this might not be positive either. <laughs> but it's a more positive reason than some of the previous. Reasons. <laughs> right, 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 right. True that. All right. So next up, ooh, I saw a lot of angry Twitter about this. 
Animal Crossing. Yeah. Animal Crossing. Uh, this game got delayed. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, th- I'm not bothered by the delay. No, I think it was. It's not. It's what three months from the end of 2019, and it's yeah, it's a definitive I mean, date. It's not. We don't have to wait and guess. Yeah, because it was supposed to be like end of 2019. I'm like, okay, fine. March, not a huge deal. What, what yeah. really baffled me is how people have been complaining um, mm-hmm. in the community that this game looks bad. I'm like, ha- what? Did we watch the same thing here? I I don't like it. I am not a fan of this game. You know, I I like it though. Like, I think it it's adding a whole lot more to Animal Crossing than what we've been. That's the issue previously. That's my exact biggest issue with this game. Hmm. So so I know that's not happy about inclusions. Uh. So no, but so it's they're overcomplicating things that don't need to be complicated. Uh, so you look at fishing for every single entry in the series so far. Uh, it's you go to Tom Nook's, you buy a fishing rod for 200 bells, and you go fishing for the rest of your life, and you never have to worry about anything. In this game, you have to find the crafting materials to make a bottom-tier fishing rod that will break over time, and you'll need to recraft, and and you will need to make other ones that will also break over time, and... <laughs> You need the materials to do this, and then in order to fish, you need bait by digging up clams and other things, and different types of clams make different bait. And they, they mentioned there's more to this system, and they will tell us at a later date. Mm. This is far more complicated than anything that, that fishing should be. Fishing should not be that complicated. Like, I play Animal Crossing to for a simple, relaxing time, adding complications is bad. I think there's a lot of good customization features. I think that that the idea of placing furniture outside is something I've always wanted to do. I want that right. bonfire outside, and they, they showed exactly that. Uh, I wanted the ability to make paths, and they showed making paths. Yeah, there's yeah, a, yeah. a lot of great stuff here. It Having the deserted island is great for really customizing the entire island to your liking. Which I like, and I think a lot of the the more hardcore Animal Crossing fans will like. But I also dislike it because it gives me a lot more work to do in a game where I don't really want to do work. (laughs) I have to physically build this entire island. There is no infrastructure. I have to build this infrastructure. I don't want to be tasked with that. I just want to talk to my neighbors and go fishing. That's my two biggest complaints with it. It's overcomplicated. Now, I did say part of the reason for the delay uh, of this game was to avoid crunch, like mm-hmm. developer, developer crunch. Uh, we've heard for – there have been articles and exposés written about developer crunch uh, in the last couple of years and how uh, it is getting to a really bad place in the video game industry where crunch is, like, actually, like, forcing studios to, like, release these really shitty – games mm-hmm. like uh mass effect uh and what was andromeda that? andromeda yes yeah like, <laughs> like like you saw what crunch uh. ultimately did to that game uh the same applies for uh, anthem anthem yep thank mm-hmm. you like yeah. how, how crunch has like basically destroyed like destroyed entire communities and games yeah mm-hmm. it's awful when uh, you look at it and like the developers are all like they there were there was an article was like oh the game was so bad that it wouldn't be uncommon for people to have breakdowns while developing 
while we were developing this game, they'd like go into a room and they'd cry or somebody would just leave and we wouldn't see them for months on end. And we, we hear these terrible stories about what Crunch is doing. And Nintendo talks about having a good work-life balance. And that is part of the reason why Animal Crossing is seeing this delay is because they want their employees to have a good work-life balance. So they are doing, they are taking steps in order to avoid Crunch. And Animal Crossing uh, was the victim of them... Uh, Dealing with that. Yeah, exactly. So on the one end, you could see how that's good on Nintendo's part. On the, you know, from a consumer standpoint, you, you could see where the annoyance comes. You could see how fans of this franchise would mm -hmm. be annoyed. But you have to look at what Nintendo's been doing over the course of these last few years with the Nintendo Switch. Like year one, we had a key release every month. And then from that point, you know, beginning year two, year two was slower. But then you look at the games we got, such as like Smash Ultimate, we got a Pokemon game, we got, you know, a Yoshi, Kirby game. You start to see, like, all these major franchise games for Nintendo. Now, some are better than others, but you start to see, like, how Crunch was probably something that took, you know, a big effect in the development of those games, and they wanted to eschew some of that, some of that Crunch time mm -hmm. and literally allow their development studios, hey, breathe, breathe. Mm -hmm. We can sit and, back for a little while. And in terms of the crunch making games a sloppy, not unfinished to mess, uh, Mr. Shigeru Miyamoto has said it himself countless times, uh, a, a delayed game is eventually good. A rushed game is forever bad. Like, it's... And it still holds true. I would rather have my Animal Crossing be, be finished complete where they want it and no one on the development team losing their minds over it uh, than and wait, you know, some extra months. That's Especially since they gave us a definitive date. Like, you know, I'm glad, you know, with Metroid Prime 4 that what they did was they informed us of it, but even still, it's like I have no idea when this game's going to come out whatsoever. And that's still just frustrating. You see, but I think on the flip side, like, they were very transparent with Metroid, where on the on the opposite end, they weren't as forthcoming when it when it came to what was happening with mm -hmm. Animal Crossing. Now, as a person who's not a fan of the franchise, like I just can't get into Animal Crossing. Like it for me, I have no like it doesn't it doesn't matter to me whether or not this game comes out or gets delayed. But mm -hmm. there are really hardcore Animal Crossing fans that like the transparency would have been a welcome thing for them. Like not having mm -hmm. it uh might have been very off-putting. Like, if you tell us, I think I think we live in an age where like fans can be very understanding. So having the not like, was anybody really mad about Metroid Prime's delay, Metroid Prime 4's delay? They not, were disappointed, but not angry. Yeah, I mean, and and even that was like, you know, thrown away. Like that disappointment faded away when they announced who would be developing it going mm -hmm. forward. So I think I think Nintendo needs to give the audience a little bit more credit in the sense that hey, if you make us aware that the reason the game will be delayed ahead of time is because of you know having a, a well maintained work life balance of your employees, I think we can come to terms with that. And yes, disappointment doesn't always necessarily mean outrage and anger. But you know what? I didn't think the game looked terrible, but I'm also like I'm not a I'm not the Animal Crossing guy. I don't know the game well enough to actually be disappointed with it mm -hmm. in any way, shape, or form. I mean, right. So it's I'm a hardcore casual fan. I will love Animal Crossing 
from a very casual perspective. You know, there are people who die for this game. Like they, their town, every little detail is controlled. They've taken care of it. They've, they've made every little detail. And that takes time to build in an Animal Crossing game. And I just don't have that time to play. And right, right. where this game caters is people who want to customize every little detail. And the, the downside for people like me is that to get to a starting base level where I would boot up New Leaf and, you know, I have the Able Sisters, I have Tom Nook's shop, I have, you know, the Town Hall, I have some basics to at least let me start the game. I, I have a house on day two instead of a tent. Like, it's it's much less of a process to, right. to build up the minimum infrastructure that you would be given on day one of New Leaf. And that's also something I don't like. True that. No, I see um, what you're saying. And because it can be really time time intensive. But, you know, mm-hmm. one of the things I've been, I've been actually going back and finally getting around to finishing is Dragon Quest Builders 1. On the mm-hmm. switch and it's the same problem but i love that game well, well see here here's the thing that really surprised me is typically i i hate uh all the time that's necessary for for building games right mm-hmm. minecraft yeah. uh, is a perfect example but what really surprised me about dragon quest builder is just how quickly you can set something up mm-hmm. and it didn't feel like an absolute chore compared to with minecraft minecraft felt like a chore to me um and dragon quest mm-hmm. builders doesn't for some weird reason and and so if we if we have that line spectrum thing and if animal crossing feels like it can still do all of this extra stuff and not feel like an extra chore i think that'll be good for the series but if it ends up being too long too time intensive whatever then that's where it's going to have a problem mm-hmm uh, yeah, I, I still have high hopes for it. I'm going to get it anyways. I think the crafting mechanics and, and all that don't seem bad. It's just not what I'm going to go to Animal Crossing for. I would right. much to see this in a spin-off title, if I'm going to be honest. But, mm. well, well. It's, but, yeah, I don't know. It's not what I go to Animal Crossing for. Uh, as for the delay, it is disappointing. I think people just aren't patient these days. They need to learn how to be patient. They're just selfish and... Need the game in their hands now. Sure that. But, oh well. Alright, guys. Well, last but not least, we got the most surprising announcement of this Direct. Banjo-Kazooie and Smash? <laughs> yes. Well, yeah, I mean, theoretically that did happen, but we've discussed that. But the, oh. <laughs> but, uh, the Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild sequel. Everyone knew that yeah. was happening. Come on. Like Come on. everyone knew this was happening this you year. You know what's so- funny though? Just to open it out, like I have seen people bitch about this title online because they're making a sequel. That uses the same characters as Breath of the Wild One. And like, really, guys? Look, when okay, so it is not uncommon for Nintendo when they spend a lot of time developing an, an engine for them mm-hmm. to reuse it. Uh, later on down the line, we got Galaxy this, Two, Galaxy Two, and previously before that, we had gotten it with Majora's Mask using the mm-hmm. same engine as uh, Ocarina, Ocarina of Time. It is not uncommon uh, because what Nintendo does when you build a game engine, the the costs behind building a game engine are high. 
-hmm. because you're making something that you have to optimize specifically for your system. Now, that being said, while this does use the same engine, I have noticed that there are some visual improvements Mm -hmm. between Breath of the Wild and this new trailer. Not a whole lot, but there are some. And that looks like it might be specifically because this game is being specifically built for the Wii U instead of a co-developed game for the, I'm sorry, for the Switch instead of the... Co-developed for Wii U. Yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah that so makes sense. We're looking at a game that's being built pretty much using that engine, but specifically for the Nintendo Switch instead of the Wii U. So there are some visual improvements. Aside from that, the character models got a little overhaul. Not a whole lot. Mm-hmm. Zelda has the more major change of the two with the, uh, with, the more, with the short hair. Uh, but the trailer itself, man, visually, I thought it looked great. The lighting in the trailer was fantastic. Mm-hmm. Uh, the miasma creeping through the, uh, through the, the, the trailer until you finally get to that, like, uh, that choke point where you see what I'm going to assume is Ganon's corpse. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's like, what it looks like. Yeah. To me, it looks like Ganon's corpse. Uh, we specifically don't know what happened to his body. Mm-hmm. Uh, between... He's just been the calamity, yeah. Yeah, so it looks like his corpse was hidden under Hyrule Castle the whole time. It's interesting though, because in terms of that, like, I guess, is there anything more you wanted to say on that before we focus on that? No, no, just say, no. Oh, yeah, because you know, in terms of that corpse, right? It, it, it's clearly someone important, right? Uh, the question is who, and a lot of the interesting. The fan theories are really interesting. Um, Ganon is an obvious one, but uh, some of the uh, other theories is, you know, one of the other bosses, like um, whoever it was in Skyward Sword. Demise. Yeah, yeah, that one. Uh, Or this one is really interesting. Um, They're saying it's the corpse of a former legendary hero that uh, in order to be one of the past incarnations of Ganon, sealed the essence within his body or something along those lines. All right. So I pulled up Demise's character model. So the corpse has reddish hair and reddish long hair. Demise had red flame hair. I mean, that's... Let me pull this image yeah, too. Like, yeah, if you look up Demise... His hair looks like it's like on fire. Uh, you know what? Isn't Demise in uh, Hyrule Warriors? Mm, I don't know, maybe. I don't know. Uh, let me take a look here. Demise, hi. Demise. Oh, you can put Gen in a Demise costume. That's what it is. Did the corpse have one eye? Didn't it only have one eye? No, I had two. No, okay, I'm just dumb. Okay. Like I'm, I'm, I'm. Lo- I actually have the trailer playing in the background. Yeah, I want to pull that up too. It, it I want to analyze this yeah, now. Okay. Yeah, no, but, but I mean, it but looks when like you... it only has one for a long time because of the angle that you're looking at the face. The okay. Part, when, when, when the when the corpse starts to reanimate, you start to see its shadow silhouetted against the cave, and the chest of this thing is massive. Mm-hmm. And demise is much bigger than Ganon. Demise is like a giant. Yeah actually a giant yeah so when i see like the the silhouette of the of the shadow i get more demise vibes than i do ganon 
Also, because of the length of the hair, I don't think Ganon's ever really had hair that long. I feel like the the Blight Ganons had fairly long hair, though. The Blight Ganon bosses in Sky, uh, not Skyward Sword in uh, Breath of the Wild had long hair. Mm. Yeah, when I look at pictures of Gan, oh Ganon, you know what though? This image of him does have long hair, but this looks like a. I don't know, man. Either way, the trailer itself really flipped me. Really got me hyped because, like, I was expecting a sequel to Breath of the Wild. Um, mm-hmm. At some point, I didn't think Nintendo would just go ahead and throw away that game engine and and begin anew. Uh, mm-hmm. Primarily, one because the development time between uh, Skyward Sword and Breath of the Wild was one of the longer ones between Zelda games. Uh, I think it was a six-year development cycle for that game, which is oh yeah, long for for them. Mm-hmm. Um, and the last time there was a gap like that with the Zelda franchise, they u- they reutilized the engine so that they could make a sequel faster. And that was obviously when we got uh, Ocarina of Time, and then two years later, Majora's Mask. And right. like w- this looks like the perfect like follow up to that, where Breath of the Wild was such a big game, took so mm-hmm. much of their development time that like we want to churn out a sequel as quickly as possible so we can reutilize the engine we built and we can build upon it. Um, now, the one thing that I'm noticing, based on this cutscene, uh, this cutscene had me feeling in a, a type of way in the sense that Breath of the Wild is open air, um, and that means that the cutscenes that were in that game were scattered and you could encounter mm-hmm. them at your leisure. Yes. Uh, which means that every cu- cutscene had to be, they had to make sense no matter what order you found them in. Mm-hmm. I'm thinking this time around, right. even, even though we're going to have the same world map, even though we're probably going to have the same, uh, everything is going to be the same from an engine perspective. What I'm thinking is we're going to have a story that's a little bit more linear, mm-hmm. one that guides you to, okay, so you're going to go to the Rito village first. And from the Rito village, you're going to go to the desert. From the desert, one a story that guides you, that holds your hand a little bit more in its linearity. Not so, even though the game will be open air and how you get from point A to point B because of the vastness of the world will be open to you, eventually you're going to have to make your way to point B, though. So I, I'm thinking based on this cutscene, because it's a very intricate cutscene, it's a little bit more like world... Um, a little bit more storytelling than world building. Mm-hmm. I'm thinking that we're going to see a more linear game utilizing the Breath of the Wild engine. It's possible. I mean, the way they get around that is they have this cutscene, literally the first cutscene, right? They they yeah. they drop that in within the first half an hour of the game experience, and then they let you do whatever the hell you want. Uh, how they would do that, I'm not sure. I mean, one thing that just comes off the top of my head, you get transported into the other Shadow Realm that they had in uh, Link Between... Not Link Between World, A Link to the Past, right? You get stuck in, in the Shadow Zone. Shadow Dimension, I can't remember what the fuck they call it. Um, but that's that's one of the ways that I could see them utilizing this specific cutscene and then just blowing the hinges off the door and letting you run free. Uh, another reason I'm starting to think that this isn't Ganon and instead it's Demise is based on the costume elements of the corpse. It's shirtless. Demise is shirtless, but it has, like, flowing... Robe. Like, the flowing pants. Right. 
and I'm looking at Demise's character model, and I'm seeing that. Plus the fact that Ganon has been stated in Breath of the Wild to have given up on reincarnation. And that's why he took on the form of the Calamity. He's like, he was done with reincarnating. It was something that, it wasn't working. So he gave himself to the Calamity form. In that sense, Demise, or Ganon, has always been an extension of Demise's will from Twilight Princess. Mm -hmm. I'm sorry, Skyward Sword. If, if Ganon no longer wants to be that third, uh, that third wheel, then it would make sense that Demise himself would be like, if you're not going to fulfill my will, then I'm going to come back and do my own doing. Right. So I'm looking at Demise's character model, comparing that to what we have here with the corpse. And I, I don't think it's Ganondorf. It's got, I, for me, it's Demise. And it would make sense because uh, Twilight Princess, I'm sorry, Skyward Sword, the first game in the series. Right. Breath of the Wild 2 maybe being the last game in the series. And finally, like, having like the champion link come to a head against demise would be fantastic. Also, am I, is the castle about to start flying? I, I thought it was sinking like... to the ground, but okay. It could be flying too. Yeah. It looks like it's rising though. Oh yeah. It's hard it to like... tell. Okay. I, I went towards the rising um, camp, but I, I also at, Points. I was like, is it sinking instead? I'm not really sure. Well, because if the castle is rising, what if this is like a Resident Evil style Legend of Zelda game where you only play the castle in Breath of the Wild was massive. Mm -hmm. But imagine if the whole game takes place in a floating castle. Well, I mean, so here's an interesting idea, right? Skyward Sword is the beginning. Mm -hmm. Wouldn't that mean that there are still technically floating islands somewhere up in the in the sky true yeah you, and hyrule castle going up would give you reasons to see those things right well the uh -huh. reason why the land was up right in skyward sword would be that the below world was ravaged by demise and right, the right, wars right, right. so it almost makes it seem like it's now that Demise is awake. That would be the natural thing to have happen, actually, wouldn't it? To right, escape right, right. Demise again. That's mm -hmm. kind of interesting. Yeah, guys, I'm, uh, I'm doing so much. I'm doing way too much analyzing on this Demise thing. Mm -hmm. But Demise has red eyes, and when the corpse reanimates, it bright right red. Yeah. I don't know, but I think it's really cool. Um, looking at just you know, the turnaround between. Operating of time and Majora's Mask, that's two years. And we're seeing this, you know, trailer, what, two years after Breath of the Wild, and yeah. we don't have any kind of real time frame, right? But we know it's in development, which was what we got from uh, uh, Metroid Prime 4, but we're seeing more than just the title card here. We're seeing we saw a lot more, and yeah. a lot more is implied. So I'm like, this could be like 2020 late, I feel like. This could be a holiday 2020 game. At, and that's yeah. terrifying to me. Yeah. Early, <laughs> like, the earliest uh, Christmas 2020. Yeah, yeah, that's my thoughts, too. I don't think they'd risk it uh, this winter. Uh, mm -mm, that, no. That'd be a bit crazy to me. Uh, they yeah. already have so much good stuff coming out with Pokemon and whatnot. Yeah. So. Oh, yeah. yeah this but I mean, there's no October title, <laughs> really. Like, at earliest, I'm, I'm, I'm going to predict, you know, holiday season 2020. So anytime between late October through December. Uh, at latest, 
this is showcased at E3 of 2020. 20, E3 the, 2021. 2021. And then, sh- and then released shortly after. Yeah. Mm-hmm, yeah. Right. Right. That's, that's like, those are my late predictions. But man, but, this trailer got me so amped. I, I have to sit down and do like a full fledged analysis of this. Oh, trailer. I haven't had time to look at any of these games really in depth. I need to look at them more though. I mean, I've watched the trailer like a hundred times, but what I want to do is like I want to sit there and do like an entire breakdown of this trailer. It's been a while since I've done a breakdown. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, they kind of trolled me a little bit with the uh, the green lights. Mm-hmm. I green lights. I mean, I start to think live stream Final Fantasy. That's what. Oh, that's, that's fair. That's fair. I see. But then you heard the music that like reverse music. I was like, oh, this is. Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild. I thought it was DLC though. Like initially, I was like, oh, we're getting more DLC. Mm-hmm, yeah. And then, and then I noticed the updated character models. They're like the slightly, mm-hmm. you know, they're just slightly different. Mm-hmm. But I was like, oh, snap. Now I kind of wonder what's going to happen in the story because, like, at the end of the game, like, the, uh, the Master Sword uh, seems to have lost its power at the end of the game. So will it be useful, or is this game like the quest to restore the Master Sword? I could see that. Yeah, uh, restore so it. That they can take out Demise, and does that mean Fi will come back? I was thinking that earlier, but yeah, no, that's possible. Yeah, because Zelda makes a note. Like I've seen that ending cutscene of Breath of the Wild so many times, where Zelda says, "I can't hear the sword anymore," which would imply that the sword has become depowered. Mm-hmm. So, and if this is in fact Demise. Could you, you need the sword. You need Fi to come back, mm-hmm. hopefully in a less annoying form. I don't. I've never thought Fi was that annoying. Uh, okay. <laughs> like, they like, just bring back uh, what's her name? Tattle, Tinkle, 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 Tinkle. Navi, yeah. Tattle, and Tell. Yeah, oh. they, yeah. Bring back Navi. There we go. Midna, Midna was annoying, but she was at least useful. I like Midna. But, oh yeah, I, mean, they're all a, I like her yeah. art too. There's a yeah. lot of good art of her online. <laughs> but like, she's also just like the most useful of any companion because she does stuff to help you. She actively helps you, which is good. Well, yeah, that, that, that's true. And you know, this is one of the things that I'd really like to see this go is that entire other dimensional stuff because mm-hmm. that's another one where they talk about the other dimension. Yeah. And you get you get a little bit of it. But I was never, I've never been quite satisfied with the Zelda, with the Zelda game with how much you actually get into the other realms. Um, yeah, I was thinking, because I don't want to explore the same exact Hyrule. And obviously, with sort of how are they going to just do that, and also they need to maybe make some familiar locations, I think I thought the best way to do it was to make it a low-rule version of this Hyrule or something, because you can't just right, right. move to, to Termina again. That's just not how this would work. Um, but I think I think giving us the mirror opposite of what we were given in Breath of the Wild could be cool. Um, however, uh, uh, one more... I've already forgot. Oh, yeah. One thing that I was really hoping for in Breath of the Wild that never happened was uh, the the Minish Cap in the uh, Bakiri. I think would be really cool to see in Breath of the Wild, where it's All like... Because right, yeah. like, it's stupid good. It's going to be stupid complicated. But if like Link shrinks down... And all of a sudden, you know, what was just a normal meadow is now a forest. What was a puddle was now a lake. And then, like, ants and things are your main enemies. And there's, like, a quest you have to do while you're small. I think would be cool. But 
Yeah, I don't know. I could see them doing something along those lines. Because, like, I thought that would translate fairly well. It'd be complicated, but they could do it. And I would be cool. I don't think it's happening for the Breath of the Wild 2, but that's something I still just want from this Breath of the Wild era we're in. Yeah. I'm, I'm still watching the trailer, and there's just this... There's this hand that's actually reanimating the corpse. And now I'm, like, wondering... Who is the hand, then? Yeah, who does that hand belong to? What is happening in this trailer? That, mm-hmm. like, that's uh, I, 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 that's why I'm so amped about this is because there are way more questions with this trailer than there that are answers. answers. Like, the only yeah, answer sure. we get is there's a sequel. Mm-hmm. But who is is this Ganon? Is this demise? Who is resurrecting this corpse? Why is this corpse under Hyrule Castle in the first place? How did it get there? Did they build a castle on top of demise's corpse? Like why? Uh, why did all this happen? Like, did, or it makes sense that if it is Ganon, it totally makes sense how easily he was able to take over the castle in Breath of the Wild initially, because mm-hmm. he was there. He was just dead. Because I'm biding. Because I'm dead, but I'm biding my time. Oh. Uh, but I, Breath of the Wild Two is coming, and we're all excited here. Uh, one thing I want to talk about as well is things that didn't show up. Uh, Bayonetta 3 was oh. absent. Game oh, Freak's yeah. Town was absent. Uh, Pikmin 4, I expected it to be absent, but those who like Pikmin, I'm sure were bummed once again. Yeah. Um. So, so there were, unfortunately... I think they have a fully developed game that they're not going to release ever. Maybe. Uh, there was no Monda Soft project, no Metroid project that I was hoping for. Uh, there was no retro studios. Retro. Yeah, that I think at this point was in fact canned. Uh, there was nothing Star Fox in general, no racing game or Atlas or anything. But yeah, so those are those are a good chunk of things that were uh, unfortunately missing. Uh, anything oh I I'm, I forgot to mention with those? I'm just looking at this controller that Jaden sent me. The Dragon Quest oh, yeah. controller, yeah. No, no, the Daemon X Machina controller. Oh, yeah. yeah Hori, the, yeah. Hori is designing a Daemon X Machina controller uh, to only be used in, in handheld mode, right? And they basically took the Pro Controller and they split it in half, and it's this big-ass, massive thing. But what I like about it is that they have, if you notice, their turbo buttons. Yes. <laughs> so to me, I'm kind of like, I kind of want it because turbo buttons... That's funny to me. Um, Price point is not too bad, $44, but it doesn't have HD rumble or gyros. Yeah, and that's kind of annoying to me because I like both of those. and um, At least them. the rumble. I would get them just for turbo on Joy-Con so I can shiny hunt a low in forms and uh, let's go. Yeah, that's true. It actually looks not too bad. I mean, it's a little weird. It's a little uh, Sega Game gear but... It is what it is. Yeah. Um, uh, but other than that, in terms of things not shown, uh, yeah, I think you covered everything. Metroid. A Mario Sports RPG game was what I had on my list as well. Uh, and I that didn't show up. There was some friendly lack mayhem. of Mario. Okay. I didn't get my arms crossed. Punch out mayhem. There was just no Mario in general, really. This except for Mario Maker. I, I mean, suppose. I guess. I mean, I always kind of grouped the Luigi's Mansion games as part of the Mario franchise. Yeah, you're right, actually, yeah. Okay. Like, I mean, even though they're, like, they don't inherently play, like, Mario games, they fit into that world. You're right, yeah. Plus, I mean, 
even though Mario Maker wasn't there, it does have a presence. They have done a great, mm, yeah. I mean, they had the the Mario Maker tournament, and you know they they did showcase the game and highlight the game, and it's shown up in Treehouse Live. So it's not like the game what there was no Mario game presence. It's just it wasn't the focus, mm-hmm. right? Like, it right. was better to showcase Luigi's Mario Maker is like an instant. So it's a guaranteed sell, and Luigi's Mansion needed the needed the showcasing more. Mm-hmm. Uh, but aside from that, man, I think. Let's let's just go ahead and straight go straight to our final thoughts, man. Uh, as far as E3 as a whole, this was a little bit more of a, a low key year, with the exception of the things that Nintendo was showing. Like, the, I think Bethesda, Ubisoft, EA, and uh, Square. I I don't think they really came with the big announcements that we no. needed them to at this time of the year. They have um, all their fingers in everyone else's different pies instead uh-huh. of right here, right now. So it, it was a bit of a weird E3 in the sense where, like, there wasn't a whole lot of excitement to be had. And then we get to Tuesday and Nintendo's Direct, and, you you know, you start to see, like, be- you, you get better looks at the games that we knew about. Mm-hmm. And we get the surprise, we get surprise reveals and a lot of shadow drops and obviously Breath of the Wild 2, for the love of God, Breath of the Wild 2, or whatever they're going to call it. For right now, we're sticking with Breath of the Wild 2. That game just goes and blows your shit and you're like oh my god like you know you needed a sequel to breath of the wild but you like i really didn't know how bad i wanted it mm-hmm. right you were like you knew it was something you wanted yeah like, how bad do you actually want it and then like you see it and you're like you want it this bad and then right and i'm right, like right, right, right. i want this game <laughs> and now i'm like just sitting here i keep staring at the trailer and i'm like i need to do something constructive with my time before we record this podcast but I'm like, I keep thinking about the trailer, and I keep thinking, how much did I actually love Breath of the Wild? I a crap ton. And when we get a solid release date for this game, I'm gonna go back, and I'm finally gonna start my second playthrough of Breath of the Wild. Because now I want to be fully refreshed and ready to go, and I want to. There's still a dangling storytelling element from Breath of the Wild that was never resolved. Uh, where they said that Varuta had stopped working, and uh, the game, and that's why like Link and Zelda were going off on a journey in that game. But this game picks up with them in Hyrule Castle or under Hyrule Castle. Mm-hmm. So like, are you gonna resolve this plot point that you left dangling at the end of the first game, or is what like is is why they went under Hyrule Castle the, like them trying to figure out what happened? Or are you just going to ignore that and just make them go under hybrid cuts? Because this definitely looks like a beginning, an opening cutscene from this trailer that we saw. Like, this looks right. like the way that you would start the game. Right. Uh, for me, though, yeah, I thought it was a more low-key E3. It was, honestly, I was disappointed up until yesterday. And then we got the Nintendo Direct. There was a whole lot of cool shit that Nintendo showed off. And I got, I got amped and excited for years to come because... At best, this game, Breath of the Wild 2, is a 2020 holiday season. At worst, 2021. So, potentially, we got years of games down the pipeline. Uh, and uh, Banjo-Kazooie coming to Smash, man. Fall. That, that right, those are wins. Those are wins from Nintendo, in my book. Uh, I think you summed it up. It was very quiet on the third-party front for everyone else uh, that showed up. Um, Screenix put up a good showing, Ubisoft and Bethesda fell kind of flat, uh, I, 
I was very excited with the Nintendo had to show. Uh, not a lot of the new reveals other than maybe Breath of the Wild 2 really caught my attention. Uh, but I was glad to get to know more information on the titles I was already excited for. Uh, I'm disappointed with Animal Crossing, not even because of the delay. I think it's still kind of like a small kick, but I'm much more disappointed with uh, the the direction they're going with the series. Um, and I didn't like that Town was absent. Town being absent was the big... Like, when, when they were like, oh, we're about to announce Animal Crossing, they're like, so we know a lot of you have been excited fans of this series want to hear more about this game we announced and like town right you're gonna tell us about town and they're like animal crossing and i'm like oh well that works too so yeah this one did not see town all right in terms of i haven't actually really gone to look back at some of the other ones all i've done is nintendo but i, I can't really say that i'm disappointed they touched upon a lot of games that as a retro kind of fan, I am really excited for. I'm, I'm really excited for the collection of mana, the um, Dragon Quest stuff coming in. Uh, I'd like to see some Dragon Quest X. That'd be cool. Uh, and then just the various other things that were announced for the Switch coming out. Uh, Banjo-Kazooie uh, is another good one. Um, but yeah, so, so for me, this was this, this, this hit the stuff that I wanted to see. Yep. No, like I said, felt like a, for me, low-key E3 until Tuesday. And when Nintendo came out, started slapping everybody in the face silly, this E3 got exciting again. Uh, it's trending on Twitter already, Nintendo won E3. So. <laughs> uh, one, one thing that I think was also missing, even though it was never, ever confirmed, uh, Platinum Games is scale-bound, which was rumored to maybe be coming to Switch. Oh, right, right, right. Still no word. But also, the, what have you heard from Platinum besides Astral Chains? So. Yeah, I mean, yeah, we yeah, know yeah, about right. Bayonetta, but we don't know anything about Bayonetta. Yeah. I, honestly, I thought we'd probably see Nier Automata getting ported to the Switch, but that, yeah. I, mm -hmm. that was a weird one for for not to show up. It is what it is. Anyway, yeah. I think that's going to go ahead. That's going to wrap up this E3 episode. Uh, it also wraps up our three weeks of E3, man. Guys, this was a lot of work for us. Uh, three weeks in a row of podcasting is difficult, especially knowing that that last podcast is your E3 post-show. Uh, these episodes are always long. Uh, there are lots of games to talk about from you know not just Nintendo, but the third-party developers and the, the, the publishers who have their own individual conferences like Ubisoft and Bethesda. So they take a lot of work. And they are draining. So with that being said, we're probably going to take the next two weeks off because there probably won't be a whole lot of news after this for just a little while. And I don't know about these guys, but I'm going to need a little bit of a break. Uh, so two weeks uh, getting back on schedule with our bi-weekly format is uh, what we're going to be looking towards. If you guys did enjoy the, uh, the weekly content, Hit us up in the comment section or email us. Let us know because if that's the direction that you guys like, you know, we'll have a serious conversation about moving the podcast into that direction. Uh, but we really wanted to do three weeks of shows just because there were three weeks worth of good, solid uh, content. Uh, we had the Pokemon press conference. Then we had the Pokemon Direct. And now, obviously, this week is E3 week. Lots of awesome stuff. So, 
With all that being said, it's time for me to hit you with the social media links. You can hit me up on Twitter at NPowerZone. Uh, <laughs> we have a, I have an issue with my Twitter account right now, guys. I'm currently locked out. I am disputing that with, wow. with Twitter right now. Uh, so for the foreseeable future, you can hit me up at the official Nintendo Powers on Twitter at NPowerZone. Uh, you can email me at next one nine three at gmail.com. You can hit me up on Facebook, facebook.com slash Nintendo Power Zone. If you're a fan of this podcast, you can always download new episodes on iTunes. We will play music, stream episodes on Spotify and Stitcher Radio. But if you want to watch us live like you're doing right now, you got to catch us right here on YouTube, youtube.com slash Nintendo Power Zone. Guys, hit them up. Uh, as always, you can follow me on Twitter at the King Blues. Blues, as always, spelled B L O O Z. Uh, same thing with my Twitch and YouTube. Uh, I I had another uh, uh, interview lined up for for Super Nerds. Uh, however, that one has also fallen through, and I'm sorry. I will try and get someone else lined up. I'm going to give this person a shout out. Uh, they are Scrap Paper Dev on Twitter, uh, and they are doing a really cool project where they are sort of making this really awesome uh, uh, spiritual successor in a in a way to. The original Paper Mario games uh, called Scrap Story. It looks really awesome. I was gonna try and sit down and talk with them about the, their experience in that game. Uh, unfortunately, they were not able to do the interview. Uh, however, like send some love to, to that project on Twitter. Uh, there's also like some free demos you can download if you want to just try out the game itself. It's phenomenal. So check that out. Yes. All right. As as always, uh, my handle is Jaden Winsong. So if if you find one Tumblr, regardless on a site, uh, it'll probably be me. Uh, <laughs> that being said, um, just to give all y'all a heads up, uh, one of the things that the three of us are talking about is exploring a different site as opposed to YouTube because of the Vox Adpocalypse is shaking things up big time all over YouTube. So um, there's a chance we might be be moving over to or also also utilizing things like BitChute or uh, Minds.com or I don't know we're still in really early early preliminary talk or, or discussions amongst ourselves so uh, once we once we decide more things we'll let you know we're already doing uh, we're doing limited runs of episodes on uh, Facebook uh, mm-hmm. video uh, we don't do every episode just because of the upload times on facebook is a little bit trickier we most of the time we'd have to split episodes in two which is why we don't always do it but the ones that end up on the shorter end of the spectrum i always do a good job of uploading those on facebook video so we are exploring facebook video uh dtube is also a potential avenue it just we're in a very particular place right now when it comes to youtube google and uh, the way they do things like their analytics and the way they start to weed out content. Uh, as you know, we are listed as an explicit content because we cater more towards people uh, between the you know 20, 20 to 40 uh, demographic, which is larger demographic than I anticipated initially. But yeah, we, we cater to that audience, which means our content is explicit. So we do our best, you know, we do our best to cater to the audience that we've already cultivated. Um, that being said, though, that doesn't necessarily mesh well with the values that Google and YouTube are starting to move into, so therefore that's why we have to make these kind of concessions. Anyway, right. just keep in mind that uh, if we do have any news to share on that front, we will make you aware ahead of time. Uh, as always, you will always be able to find the podcast on iTunes. Uh, we don't have to worry about that. Like, Apple could give two shits. <laughs> <laughs> for now, at least. 
long as we're not using copyrighted music in the podcast there we don't have to worry about what uh, apple does in any sense guys thank you so much for joining us for the three weeks of you thank you for being part of this post show uh because yeah it's a long episode we know that's why we split it into two live <laughs> anyway guys thank you so much we'll be back in two weeks we need a break uh until then you guys gotta know stay fresh 